the Cult Worthy Podcast. Join me, Antonio Palacios, each week as I guide you through a never-ending sea of obscure cinema and cult-worthy gems that deserve a rediscovery. Find me on all listening platforms and at thecultworthy.com. The Cult Worthy Podcast. Join us. Attention. The MILF and Me Podcast contains strong language and open conversations about sexuality, a multitude of lifestyles, and occasional criticism of political fuckery. Keep politics out of your pants, folks. Your hosts, Antonio and Diana, are not certified relationship therapists. We are cynical assholes with microphones, pretty much like every other podcast. And so with that out of the way, enjoy the show. everyone. Welcome to the MILF and Me podcast. I'm Antonio. My lovely host, Diana, is sitting right beside me. Diana, how you doing? Good. How are you doing? Great, 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 great. So we are past Christmas now. We are a week away from New Year's. Yes. We're talking like we know exactly what's going on. We're doing this in November. But <laughs> hey, everyone, we are busy adults. We record several of these at the same time. So just give us a break. We're going to pretend it's the end of December right now. <laughs> Yes. Yes, we are. So how was your Christmas? <laughs> uh, well, my Christmas was a shit show, just like usually. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> let's pray it's good. How's that sound? Yeah, let's pray our Christmas was fantastic. Hopefully our Christmas was great. And so was yours. But let's get into today's topic. Diana. Yes. The MILFs have oh. taken over Instagram. Oh. The MILFs have taken over social media. Here we come. What do we do? Well, brace yourself. <laughs> brace yourself and wear some armor. How's that sound? <laughs> I mean, I'm excited about this because I think as people are getting older, it's kind of like Facebook, right? Our moms took over Facebook. Like Facebook is no longer the college kid, teenager playground that it used to be. Yeah, my it son, is, my yeah. son's 17. He laughs his ass off when I ask him a question on how to do something or change something on Facebook. I don't know, Mom. I don't use Facebook. I use fucking Facebook. Jesus Christ, <laughs> Mom. I'm like, okay. Like, I feel Facebook is now a place where people share recipes and political conspiracy theories. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's never been as a visual a platform as what we are dealing with now. Maybe it is, and I don't mean this in a negative way, the ADD that so many people claim to have these days mm -hmm. of what social media apps look like. We need stimulation. We need it visually. We need it audibly. We need to see and hear things and we want it fast and we want it like in 15, 30 seconds, but we also want it to be enticing. We want it to be spicy. Yeah. I feel the MILFs have conquered these platforms with their content. Yeah. I mean, we're spicy as fuck. <laughs> this is going to sound, I hate prefacing it like that. Mm -hmm. This is going to sound a little outdated. I'm going to kind of go into old man mode here. But first of all, before I do that, <laughs> I understand that algorithms are definitely a thing that people forget about. Yep. You hear a lot of people say, 
I don't like what TikTok is showing me. I don't like what Instagram is showing me. Well, you know, the algorithms only give you what you put in. Yeah, you're clicking on stuff. If yeah. you see a 19, 20-year-old girl dressed up like an anime character bouncing around yep, and you've liked it or you've clicked on it once to see what else she's got, guess what? Instagram remembers that and it's going to give you more. That's right. So I try very hard not to go down that road because I find it annoying. And just like voting, you really have no say in how things turn out if you don't participate. If you click on it, yeah, it's your fault. You yeah, know, that's exactly right. However, I'm all about Milfstagram right now. <laughs> I am all about it. I'm all about it on TikTok. I am all about it on all the social media platforms because it feels right <laughs> <laughs> it feels right for you is that because you feel like you're a dilf like are you bringing yourself into this or where where are you getting it is just from our podcast i think that what it is for me is i enjoy because it's multiple things it's not just the spicy content it's not just the playful women who are my age or older or maybe slightly younger yeah it goes back to what we talked about in episode one milfs are sexy yeah they're knowledgeable and they're not playing to one particular audience. Right. They're playing to everybody because at the end of the day, everybody loves a MILF. Sure. I feel very loved. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love you so much. And so does everyone in my circle. Oh, thank you very much. But, you know, when social media came out and we started seeing like all these TikTokers and yeah. Instagram influencers get famous, it was all late teens, early 20s doing silly little dances or, you know, doing these reviews of what they see on TV, almost feeling like they're dumbing it down for their viewers, for their followers. And then a few years ago, we started seeing a lot more mature women and men of all lifestyles and all identities becoming a bigger presence yeah, on we're social like, media. Like, hey, this, I can do this. You know, they start seeing the younger teenagers or 20 year olds, whatever. I mean, that's how it was for me. It was like, hey, wait a second. Like, I can do that way better than they can. You know, I can talk about this stuff or I can post that. Right. Why not? And we have thicker skin. Absolutely. I don't give a shit. <laughs> right. I don't give a fuck about pretty much anything that anyone thinks about me and the posts and whatever. I mean, I'm pretty conservative just because I'm a mom. I still have to keep that in check. But at the same time, I don't care what people on social media think. Right. And there is like this weird kind of thing. And Gen Z had a lot of shit handed to them, in my opinion. They've got all of Gen X's and us early millennials. They've got all of our psychological and depression, yeah. all these things that we have put onto them. They've grown up in that soup. Yeah. And so for a lot of them, this is their outlet. This is a way for them to either become an influencer and participate in things that make them feel better. And then on that same note, people that follow them feel better watching them. There are, of course, the negative caveats to that, like, body dysmorphia, yeah. people feeling that they aren't as attractive as they should be. But I really think that there is mostly a positive vibe going out there in the fun that people are having on these social media apps. And like I said, you only get what you put into it. If you start seeing negativity, if you start seeing things that are going to bring you down emotionally yeah. or physically about yourself, take that as a clue that you need to not participate in that. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing to that too is like how many likes, you know, sometimes these kids and 
they base their popularity on how many people viewed their story or how many likes they received. And I just think that's hilarious because I know people see my stuff. They're just not liking it. And there's good reason why they're not, because maybe their friend sees that they liked it and then they feel judged by that person because they liked something that's a little maybe risque. You know what I mean? You like her shit. Yeah. Yeah. You like my shit. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So it's kind of funny that it's really a thing. It really is. You know, and I, I feel that that is something that unfortunately is instilled with us across multiple generations when we're young. Do you remember fucking Valentine's Day boxes in elementary school? Oh, yes. It's the worst thing ever. Like, eventually they got smart and said, okay, everyone bring Valentine's for For everyone. Yep. But I'm from that generation where it was like, fuck your feelings. Some kids are going to get 20, and then there's going to be that one kid that got none. Yep. Yeah, it was terrible. It was terrible. It kind of, I think, made us grow up to be that I don't give a fuck mentality because it's like that was elementary school. I'm not going to cry over shit that Johnny did to me in third grade, you know? Yeah, but that's scary, too, because then the kids now don't have that I don't give a fuck mentality. I think they've created their own versions to deal with it. There's some kids that have like these blogs or these video essays where they talk about their feelings openly Now, I get that because maybe some kids can't afford therapy. So that is their way of expressing their feelings for the world to hear. The sad part is there are always going to be trolls and bullies that are going to turn their words and their emotions against them. Yeah. A smart one will just not read the comments and just use that as their outlet to talk about themselves to people. Mm -hmm. And there are people that probably respond and feel that, you know, that's one of the crazy things about this whole medium is that you're not just talking to your school or your classroom. You are literally talking to everyone in the world who took the time to watch. Yeah. That's kind of creepy. It is. (laughs) It is. It's crazy. Like we didn't look how far the world has come. We didn't have anything like this. The world is like so open now. Even my kids are gaming. And I'm like, who are you playing games with? Like, where do these people live? Who are they? Right. Where are they from? They could be on the other side of the world. But as people have gotten older and recognize what this means for exposure, Mm -hmm. now we're talking about MILFstagram. Yep. Let's not just like put a pin on it saying it's MILFs. There are DILFs out there. Mm -hmm. There's bears out there. There's a lot of fun stuff of older people who get the idea now that, oh, I can show what I'm doing to the world, but they're smart enough to monetize it. Yes. We live in a world now where, hey, there is a lot of free shit that you can get your dick hard to, Mm -hmm. but there also is a lot of stuff that people are monetizing the sense of like, you know what? For $50 a month, I'll send you spicy messages. For $50 a month, I'll call you by your name. Like people are beginning to borderline, I mean, it's kind of sex work. It is. You think about it? Yeah. It can be. It's up to you as the creator, as a content creator. I think that is the first step to true sexual liberation because they haven't really put any kind of governors on it yet. You know, there are people trying to control your body, your reproductive health from state to state. Yes. And you feel like you don't have a voice. Right. But on Milfstagram, anyone can have a voice. Absolutely. You know, and we're very strong women with strong opinions and we want to be who we want to be. Um, We can reach the whole entire world. I mean, I've had people reach out to me in different countries. And I mean, even recently with our podcast, we are getting 
emails and letters from people in other countries who are like, hey, I just happened to catch your show. I like it. I identify yeah, with your experience. Exactly. I identify with what you're talking about. It's no longer just someone in their closet speaking to nobody. The world is your audience now. It's just how you find it. Yep. And so this is how Mills are finding it. <laughs> so in the last five years, Instagram and other social platforms have blown up with women over 35 providing erotic and spicy content, some for fun, but most for supplemental revenue stream. A lot of this came out of the pandemic, right? Yeah, I guess so. That would, yeah, I could see that. I, I, people started taking a clue that, hey, I'm working for $15 an hour at wherever the fuck, fuck Donald's, whatever. <laughs> and right now I don't have a job, but we're seeing so-and-so just made $10,000 a month on OnlyFans. Someone is making $20,000 a month just showing their feet on Instagram. Here is an opportunity where I, someone who may not be considered sexually desirable in my community, yeah, now has the outreach of the world and they can follow the tracks that other MILFs before them have laid down and expose the fact that we are a horny society and we are becoming more and more open with what we consider sexually attractive and acceptable. And I'm telling you right now, based off these numbers, the MILFs are in control. Yeah, I, I see that too. Um, I think the only thing my pushback is on, I mean, obviously I'm... I am not making money doing any of this stuff. And I'm really looking at these numbers thinking maybe I am in the wrong, <laughs> <laughs> the wrong career. Um, no, my only pushback on this whole thing is everything is through technology. Um, you know, you're getting your attention through a screen or an electronic device that you're holding and it's not personable. It's not like it was back in the day, you know, right. where you're connecting with people in person and, getting that physical connection. This is just all technology. Yeah, but I think for some that's fine because, you know. It's we, great. It's great for the introvert. Are you kidding me? Introverts, this is the dream come this true. This is the dream come true. There are people who are maybe too afraid or too shy to go into, let's say, a strip club. Yeah. Or to a, an erotic cabaret. This fulfills that need Ex for them. Especially in Utah, I'm going to tell you right now to our Utah Salt Lake City, whatever people, if your car is in the parking lot, that's how small this goddamn town is. <laughs> and someone drives by and sees your car in a parking lot of a strip club. They know where you're at. They, they know, know what you're doing. They know what the fuck you're doing. You know what I mean? So yeah, I totally get it. I get why technology is taking over this stuff. Well, and also too, like you are in control of how accessible you are for the most part. You know, you can allow yourself to turn your comments on or off. You can allow yourself to be direct messaged or not. Yeah. You. You're in control of all of it. in control of all of it. Now, I get the downsides. There are people, I'm sure, who, hey, so-and-so did it. They're making this much money. Why am I not? You know, I don't have the answer to that. <laughs> Yours and my podcast has almost quadrupled or more the downloads of my other podcasts that have been on for a year. <laughs> Why is that? I don't know. Oh, because it says MILF. It says MILF probably, <laughs> you know. People type in MILF and somehow it pops us up. Do I take offense to that? No. Does it mean I have to work harder on my other shows? No. It means that you got recognized by a certain group of people 
who are probably looking for something else, but some of them are staying and they're listening. Yeah. It is kind of the luck of the draw. Sometimes it's who you know. Sometimes it's how you just promote yourself and how much work you put into it. But I am here for the MILFs. So let's talk about these influencers. They actually, this is something I did not realize and it kind of bugs me. So (laughs) there is a thing called micro-influencers. Micro-influencers are accounts with one to 10,000 followers. That's micro? I would consider that something huge. And then you look at people who have like 80 million followers. It's like, okay, I get it. Yeah, that's crazy. I would would kill for 1,000 followers for the podcast. Yeah. But according to these recent studies, micro-influencers with one to 10,000 followers can earn on average $1,400 per month. Wow. Just by being online and being a MILF. How, and it makes me wonder, how long are you putting into that? Like how many hours a day are you focusing on that? And I'm not going to lie. I know some erotic content creators. It's not an easy job. No, you have to constantly do it. I've heard the same thing. You have to create a lot of content. You have to bank a lot of content because guess what? People get bored of the same thing very quickly and they start looking for other people to get their dick hard to. Right. And then the personalization of it, too. If someone's like, hey, do this for me and say my name when you're doing it, then that is like a totally different animal to deal with because now you're doing a thing just for one particular person and you've got all these people lined up waiting for you to do that. I mean, it's I'm sure it's very stressful. I mean, but it's a business, you know, it's it's a business, but you can control your own hours for the most part. Like if you are a self promoting content creator. Yeah. I know some have agents and some fall into like entertainment groups and managers. I didn't research too much into that, but there is money out there and there's money out there being made. Now let's talk about mega influencers. These are accounts with over 1 million followers and there's some that are way beyond that too. They earn an average of about $15,356 per month. Unbelievable. That is like a third of most people's yearly salary. I'm just wondering, where are these millions of followers coming from? Like, how do people get all these? Are they buying them? Are they real followers? Like, how does this work? There are different ways to get followers. You can market them through market companies. That's like a a million or more. A million or more is a shitload of followers. And here's the other thing, too. Like, a lot of these these influencers, celebrities, so they've already got a fan base built in. But there's also that idea, like, with stock trading, if you get in early, you can build a bigger fan base that has a longer longevity, right? Yeah. You know, sometimes it's just when you get in. And a lot of these mega influencers got in right as these apps became relevant. Yeah, yeah it makes sense. So they've had a longer time to create this. Now, what I have seen is there are people who have built a lot of their fan base by emulating someone who already has a very similar style and platform. So like I was talking about these anime girls earlier, you know, there was like two or three to start off with. Now there's hundreds that are all copying the same thing and they're probably all making money off it, but it's like a trend. It's like watching stock trends. You see who gets hits, you see who gets follows and you start course correcting what your content is. I I think I see the same thing with the MILFs too, because I'm not going to lie. I follow some. And as I've started doing the research for this episode, you see a lot of similarities and that's not a bad thing because, you know, variety is a spice of life, I guess. So yeah. most people are looking for this stuff. So let's talk about hashtags, right? So there is an account on Instagram called MILF Worldwide, which is a site where people, MILFs, can submit 
their photos and videos to that will reconnect back to their home page. Oh. So let's say it's kind of like a teaser, right? Mm-hmm. Someone gets on the MILF Worldwide account and they look at all the different varieties on the menu and like, okay, I like Diana in Salt Lake City. <laughs> Click and now you have a follower. I see. That account has 102,000 followers. Unbelievable. And who knows? I mean, who knew this? I had no idea any of this. these numbers. It's amazing. And in 2021, the hashtag hot mom had 600,000 engagements. That's all? This Well, here's the thing. <laughs> this isn't porn, right? This right. isn't like a porn site. This right. isn't Pornhub. This isn't yeah. whatever people are looking at these days. This is what could be considered a family-friendly app. Yeah. You know, and again, it kicks back to you what you put into it, you know? Yeah. So don't let Junior play on your Instagram if you're looking at hot MILFs and hot moms all day <laughs> or you're going to have have a conversation with mom. <laughs> That's right, yes. But let's not just talk about the spicy and sexual side of these influencers either. It's not always about sex. There are mom influencers that have kind of figured out how to create this perfect blend of slightly spicy content with general let's say, mom hacks or mom living or mom frustrations. And that category is huge right now on Instagram. It's mostly for celebrity moms that are doing it, but let's kind of go through the names. So the most popular mom influencers on Instagram are Chrissy Teigen, Jennifer Garner, Cardi B, Gwyneth Paltrow, Ali Wong, Gabriel Union, Kristen Bell, Mindy Kaling, and Serena Williams. Chrissy Tinga, number one. I mean, she's a supermodel, right? Yeah. Now, she, I feel, has got a lot of recognition for being very open and honest in her content creation. Mm-hmm. There are days where she's just walking around in a bikini saying, hey, this is me. But then she's also very open about like, hey, here are my stretch marks from my pregnancy. Or here's what I made for dinner tonight. I love that. Like it, it kind of just kind of gives you an idea. Maybe it's not super sincere with some of them of what life looks like. And hey, Yes, you're a celebrity, you're married to John Legend, but you make dinner for your family just like I do. Yeah, I love that. I think there's something to that. Do you follow any people like that? I don't, no. I feel like a failure right now. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I need to get on this bandwagon, but no... I really don't. Um, but I'm, I'm going to actually look into this because it's really interesting to me. It's intriguing that my biggest question would be, how does their spouse feel about this? You know, and they're getting all this attention from other men and outside. Listen, I'm really mindful to what my partner, my person would if they would be okay with it, I guess. Um, yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, like not, right, right now you don't have... Maybe not permission. I don't want to make it sound like, hey, can I do this? Because I don't need to ask permission, but I don't want them to feel uncomfortable. Oh, I mean, and that goes back to your whole communication conversation when we're talking about, you know, what you're looking for in a partner. You know, you don't have anyone at home right now to like kind of give you a shifty eye when you put on the right. lingerie and do some content creation. But I think that... If you are in a positive relationship, and like I'm looking at some of these people, like for example, Kristen Bell and Dax Shepard, they have what appears to be through their social media a very healthy, bonding, and respectful relationship of you know who does what. My wife is hot. Yeah, she's in a bikini right now, but I'm also like out on my motorcycle. We're just kind of letting each other do our things. We have the confidence in ourselves and the confidence on relationship. That's okay. I think that if we saw these influencers doing what they're doing, 
we would have to assume that either a they're wearing the pants in that relationship right or they have a very supportive spouse yeah and that's very well could be i mean that's what we all want and dream of right i mean that's what i would want for sure i mean i'm not gonna lie if my partner right now is like hey i'm getting a lot of hits doing yoga videos but i might get more if i just do it in a sports bra you know yeah yeah, I'd be fine with that. Yeah, They're, especially if it's bringing this in fifteen thousand dollars a month, and it's communicated. You it's have to communicate your shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but also like you and I are both very similar in the sense that we don't feel tied down to a partner's expectations or opinions. We respect our partner's opinions and stuff like that. And if they truly didn't want us to do it. We probably wouldn't out of respect for them. And I think it's vice versa. But again, that communication needs to happen first. But I'm I'm telling you, like, it makes me ask two questions. Number one, are these, you know, MILFs on MILFstagram, (laughs) are they single? Right. Do they have kids? And how is that communicated? Because if you blow up overnight, how does that conversation look? It's like, uh, so... Johnny, Susie, you're probably going to hear from the kids at school. Yeah. (laughs) You know. Exactly. I know. It's this podcast. I'm just going to use this as an example right now. You know, my kids know I'm doing it. And obviously my oldest son has been very involved. He's actually been in the studio with us once. I mean, there's some conversations in these podcasts that I don't want them to listen to. I mean, I'm their mother for fuck's sakes. I don't want them to hear about something that I said in one of the past podcasts episodes maybe or previous or like future ones you know and so I even have to feel like I have to be careful at the same time though I feel like they've probably heard conversations like that anyway on the playground (laughs) yeah at home on the playground and it is it's true I mean my kids roll their eyes at me they're like mom oh my god we've heard this before I'm like not from me you know I'm your mom I have to like I mean I feel like I have to be a little bit responsible in my verbiage and things like that I'm not trying to protect my kids by any means like put them in a bubble but on the flip side, it is. It's a thing. I mean, these MILFs are getting, if they're getting famous, their kids and their kids' friends are definitely seeing it. And just be like, hey, do you like your new sneakers? Do yeah. you like that new skateboard? Do you like our new Volkswagen Jetta? Yeah. Thanks to MILFstagram for that. So just shut the <laughs> fuck up. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. <laughs> so here's my question for you at the end of all this. If you decided to become a MILFstagram influencer. Oh, boy. What would your theme be? This is tough. My God, I could go any direction with this. Probably um, just what I said, like you can have a healthy relationship with your kids and family and still put yourself out there if it's something a little racy or if it's a conversation about mindful living and dating. Probably this, exactly what we're doing right here. Right. You know, this would be my... Milfstagram, just conversations that people want to have, experiences that I've had compared to experiences someone else has had, um, healthy relationships, unhealthy relationships. I'm a mom. Of course, I cook. I cook every single night. I do laundry. I live in my laundry room. But that stuff's not interesting to me. I'm not going to get on someone's Milfstagram and watch them show me how to prepare a meal or how they organize their fucking kitchen. Like I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit about that stuff. I am very organized myself. I have that locked down. I'm 41 and I live in a very conservative state. I have children. There's a lot to talk about here. A lot. Yeah. And my my oldest son is gay. You know, that's even more to talk about because some people don't want to date me because my son is gay. They're those people. Yeah, fuck them. Yeah, absolutely. I would probably just do this. I would do exactly what we are doing right now. Talk about hard things. 
Okay, this is what I would want to see. Oh, boy. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> I think it would be enthralling if your theme for your MILFstagram was you in your office setting, in your career, yelling at salesmen like you do. Oh. I think that is fucking awesome. <laughs> and I don't see a whole lot of that. And I think that there would be a huge community yeah. of followers for that. Yeah, like, that's true. I mean, I was, I worked for a company for two years. I was a finance manager um, and I had about 25 sales reps. Some of them are probably listening to this right now and laughing their asses off. Hi. <laughs> Hi guys. Um, and yeah, I was really spicy with them. And I think the reason why I was that way, I know the reason why is because I have really high expectations of people. And this is my sales team and I wanted them to do good and sell good, make a lot of money. They make a lot of money. I make money. We all make money. We all make money. That's, right? that's the whole point. And so I had really high expectations of them. So I'm telling you right now, my name is spelled with two N's. I swear to God. <laughs> and they would come in or they would write me an email or something. Someone would spell my name with one N and I would lose my shit. Not because it was missing an N. That wasn't the point. It's just that you're missing details, right? So you're right. I could do a Milfstagram of that, of like, uh, pay attention to detail. Women love when other people pay attention to detail. I mean, not even men, like women love other women that pay attention to detail. You know, like it's important. It's really important. It depends on how alert and aware you want to be. It's not hard. It's not hard to remember how someone's name is spelled. Cause what else are you going to fuck up down the road? If you right. can't spell my name correctly, the person that's getting your financing taken care of, that's making you a shitload of money. What else are you fucking up? Exactly. So it really was a topic in the sales on the sales team. They're like, Oh my God, don't spell her name wrong. <laughs> I mean, I used to like it, like watching you text people or talk on the phone. And I thought you were talking to your kids. <laughs> and you're like, I was, you know, was 25 fucking salesman that didn't <laughs> file his report at the end of the day. Now I have to go and do- yeah, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was fun. I miss those guys. I miss you guys. So we got something a little bit different on the dating profiler this week. We got a lady profile. We do. We have a woman and she is a MILF. Is this, she makes MILFs look really bad. <laughs> I don't want to be, I mean, I'm going to be a little bit mean, but not a lot. Um, so her profile is really interesting. You can tell she probably lives at all the craft fairs and expos, mm -hmm. scrapbooker. She has a yellow floral blouse. I'm going to say blouse because it's a blouse. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I hate that word, by the way. Um, and she's wearing bright, thick yellow eyeliner. She's in a room with a gray chevron print towel and bright yellow underneath it. This woman is obsessed with yellow. She fucking loves yellow. But it is so interesting to me. Number one photo on her profile is all matching. Everything is yellow. The blouse, the towel, the eye yes. shade, all that stuff. So and, when I first yeah. saw that, I thought, okay, okay. And then I started scrolling further in. It's everything. It's everything. I saw too. It's like all blue, then all red. Yeah. The tint of the sunglasses matching the shirt and the headband and the earrings. And, and this is where like, I think this might get misconstrued by some people of us like being bullies. This is, to me, I think 100% constructive of people like that love guru on the last episode. You know, when he's asking women, why are you always like this? Why do you always do this? 
to me, I think the goal is to get to a point where you can stop asking yourself, why don't people match with me? Why don't people connect yeah. with me? And that there's a coaching to that. There's a, an accountability for how you put yourself out there. I feel, and I call it fast food dating. I feel that these dating apps are so disposable. You can just swipe through anything that you find unattractive, even though maybe one of those people that you swiped left on could potentially be the perfect match for you. So there is this weird dynamic of do I present myself for who I truly am or do I allow someone to help me get recognition of what people, let's say, are more inclined to swipe right on and then build the relationship or then build a communication after that initial match has been met. In my opinion, that's the hardest part, getting that first person to match with you. Because yeah. after that, it's all up to you and yeah. to that person. It's how the conversation goes yeah. and how you are with um, the chat and stuff like that. Um, for me, when I look at this, it ages her, you know? Yeah. She is in her 40s. It definitely ages her. For a minute, I I laughed, obviously. It made me giggle because I was wondering if she was serious. I was, how serious are you about finding a match on this dating app? Because this isn't the way it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, was it an accident? Maybe it was an accident. Maybe she didn't realize that all of her. But she chose the photo. Right. She literally chose all these photos Um, and so I don't know, it was really confusing. It's a really confusing profile. I don't quite understand it. I don't know why this person feels like every single thing has to be matching. Her headband is matching. Her eyeliner is matching. Her sunglasses is matching her earrings and necklace and shirt color. It's all that way, different colors in every photo. I, I'm confused sometimes with these dating apps when I go through them and profile the profiles, like who is taking this shit serious? Why are you making an effort? Why do you have this app on your phone? Why did you take the time to upload these photos and do the thing? Because it doesn't look like you're being serious. If you're not serious about it, then get the fuck off. Because all you're doing, in my opinion, and I don't want to sound rude, is you are setting yourself up for disappointment because, let's face it, there's a bunch of shallow motherfuckers on these apps. I'd say more of them than there are people who are actually looking for meaningful relationships. Yes. We talked about this on the episode about Small Lake City, how you kind of just cycle through people and then it starts over again. Yeah. It it is kind of like a catch-22, right? Because you don't want to project yourself as something that you're not, but I think you need to be open to constructive commentary on why you might not be getting the attention that you so desperately want from anybody. Yeah, because who knows, you go a day or two and you have not one single person likes you or not one single person has swiped on you. I mean, that will... That's traumatic. It will damage your... um, Self-worth. Self-worth, and a lot of people tie that to that, you know? Um, So yeah, at the end of the day, when I'm doing this particular profile and others, how serious are you guys? Like, are you really on these dating apps to meet someone? Are you looking for a one-night stand? Are you looking to make yourself look like a dumbass? Like what the what what is happening? And it's a hard lesson. It's a hard pill to swallow for some people, but I think that they need to kind of face that recognition because they might be looking down the wrong corridor for happiness. Yeah. Maybe the apps are not for them. Maybe yeah. they need to get involved in community stuff. Maybe they need to get involved in, let's say, yes. a focus group 
or some kind of outreach program that they can meet people with similar ideas and mindsets. And that's the answer because I feel that so many people put all their eggs in one basket of these dating apps. Yeah. And I think that's very- It's a letdown. It's a big letdown. I think it's actually kind of toxic for them. No, I think that's a great suggestion. You know, some people need to have their personality shine. Their personality shines bigger than a photo. Agreed. Okay, so let's take a minute on this guy. This is the very first guru that we ever found, and we did our dry run recording before we did episode one, and we had a lot to say about this guy. <laughs> so he returns. Oh, boy. <laughs> Again, no names, no insight to where he came from. We're just going to play this one and deconstruct it. Let's go. What he's thinking when he ignores you. One thing he could be thinking is, if I ignore her, she will come to me. So perhaps you've trained him that when he doesn't engage you, that when he doesn't text you, when he doesn't initiate, when he doesn't reach out, that you're the one who starts to initiate. So you've created a positive reinforcement so that now he is trained that actually whenever he does not reach out to you, and in fact, when he ignores you, you are the one who starts to chase him and you start to reward him, you start to pursue him, you start to do things for him. So you have to watch out for that. And if you are giving him space, do it in a healthy way and stop pursuing and chasing him and instead turn the dynamic around and let him start to come to you. Now, if you'd like to discover a powerful psychological trigger to make any man desire you, go ahead and click on my bio, follow us and click on the link in there to get that. No, thanks. Okay. 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 I literally cannot fucking stand this guy. He drives me crazy. He does. He drives me absolutely batshit crazy. I've watched a lot of his stuff, and that is a game. Stop fucking playing games. Exactly. Like, isn't the whole point of a relationship coach to teach you how to find someone and recognize red flags and learn how to cope with what you are willing to accept and what you are willing to say is a non-negotiable. He's teaching you how to play a game. He's teaching you how to train your woman or your man like a fucking dog. Like he's Caesar Milan the dog whisperer. Yeah. You know, he's like doing the little snap yeah. fingers, pss, pss, like trying to get you to be coached and triggered to have an emotional response or some kind of communication expectation. Yeah. That works in his favor, not the favor of the couple. And if you want to be desired by all the people, click on my link below. Like, what the hell is that? That's crazy to me. Like, you do not, you're not God. You're not holding all the cards here, buddy. Like, that is a complete clusterfuck. He actually has another one. I remember it. I actually- We'll have to go back and find it. <laughs> I, I commented on it um, when I watched it. I almost, I, I almost jumped through the screen to strangle him. I wish I could have. Um, but no, he he is talking about game playing and dating. That is exactly what this is. If you're texting someone and they're ignoring you, fucking stop texting them. It's very fucking simple. It's, it's black very and white. Simple. They don't want to talk to you. Then move on. If they text you back like the next day and be like, hey, what's up? No. I mean, that's up to you what you do. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm looking at this as a game. This is just a game. There's no training someone how to respond to you in a timely manner. What the hell is this? I mean, is I'm not a professional. I don't 
claim Neither to know am everything I. about love or relationships in your forties. No, but I am, I would say, conscious enough to recognize someone who is not being sincere with their coaching. This is a guy who's just looking for clicks. It is noise. Yes. This is noise. Click my video, click my channel so you can hear more of me be misogynistic and embrace game playing. Yeah. And I I, I hate this type of mentality because it's like, he's not saying the quiet part out loud, but he may as well be. And that is, well, bitches are playing games on us, so we should be playing games right back. Absolutely. it's That is the toxic part of this kind of coaching. And the thing that makes me the most upset and aggravated about this is there are people watching these and they're believing it. Exactly. And they're running with it and they're going with it. And it's like, you need, if you're going to be online, if you're going to be on the interwebs and be posting shit like this, you need to understand that you are going to be an influencer. You're going to be someone that people look at and they soak it in like a sponge and they're going to believe it and they're going to live it. What the fuck is that? Like, no, we're not playing games. That's not what this is. If you're dating someone and or chatting with someone, whatever, Jesus Christ, there's no games. It's black and white. Right. You're, they're either into you or they're not. They're texting you back or they're not. That's it. Bottom line. So, Diana, as we wrap up this week's episode, what is the MILF worthy of the week? Uh, MILF worthy of the week is not an item. Obviously, this kind of goes back to a little bit from episode six, but this is an idea. Um, New Year's expectations. That's hard for guys. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, I'm not looking to go to a huge party. I'm not 21 years old. I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to a rager. So... My opinion, it would be in your best interest to take your girl or ladies, take your dude, whatever. Dress up nice. Like, when was the last time you dressed up nice? I'm talking suit and tie. You get a really beautiful dress, some sexy heels. Like, do yourself up. This is, you're going into a new year, a new you. Like, do it. Do it up right. Have some one-on-one time with your person, you know? I mean, we... We focus so much on going out on the weekends and we have all our friends and the holidays obviously are just getting over with after Christmas, New Year's. It's like be one on one. Well, there's this weird social expectation that even goes on today that you have to be in this big ballroom when the ball drops and you yeah. kiss your partner, whoever you're with yeah. at midnight. And that's cute. That's cute. But I mean, I don't want to do it like that every year. I mean, I've done it like that in years past, but I'm we're at that age now where it's more meaningful, it's more fun to have one-on-one. Like I said, dress up nice, go to a nice dinner, make reservations, make a dinner reservation, um, buy some nice wine, some champagne, do something different that you normally wouldn't do. If you're always getting wine when you go to dinner, get champagne instead. Yeah, do something a little bit yeah. fun. Do something that's out of the norm. Stretch. Now, yeah. the one thing that my partner and I decided last year, which was a lot of fun, we got some lobster claws, yeah. a nice bottle of champagne. Yeah. We stayed in. We watched a movie. 
and we celebrated Eastern Standard Time New Year's, not mountain over here. So we kissed at 10 p.m., and then we called it a night, and that was awesome. perfect for us. Yeah, see, it's awesome, and you really do have to do what works for you, um, but for MILF or anyone in their 40s, I'm pretty sure they could agree with me to do something nice and fancy and keep it quaint. And that brings us to the end of another episode of the MILF and Me podcast. Wow. This has been a fun journey and it just keeps getting better. And I'm just loving the time I get with you every week or two to just talk Thank about you. all this fun stuff. Thank man. you. Let's it's, keep it going. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I appreciate you and I appreciate our listeners. Um, it's been it's been awesome to see how many people have liked it and commented and rated. So everyone reach out to us on the milfandmepod.com. Give us some examples of what you want to hear in the future. Give us some MILF-worthy tips. We want to hear from you. Diana, have a great week. Thank you. You too.